Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to episode two of Vino Volley. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Not even close. Nope. Nope. I don't even know how that even ties in. Yeah. Just, just part de. It's like hot shots. Part, yeah, but you're gonna be able to keep that up for like part. Trois. Trois, and then do you even know? Quoi, quoi. Do you know French? Uh, enough. Oh, okay. No. No, I can do <laughs> Spanish, but no. Just this is episode two. We're back. We're gonna be talking about the dark arts. Uh, a little bit later in the episode, but just a quick recap for, you know, some people who decided to potentially skip the first episode for some bizarre reason. My name is Michael Wall, and my host, uh, co-host with me is Ryan Rebecca. Mike, I'm so excited. Back together. We're by doing the, it. By the way, I have to say that, not a little bit of jealousy, but a few friends that I've listened to it, you've, they, they say that you got the... You get the goods. You get the radio, the radio voice. Do I? Yeah. Voice for radio. Yeah. And the legs of a flamingo. The problem is, like, a lot of the people that I've listened to it have listened to 40-odd clean recordings that I've done of just, like, various trainings. So it's, like, hard to get out of that mindset. So I've really fucked myself for that. But we're hoping to kind of, you know, continually expand our, our presence. Yeah. Out. You know, we hit... We had 60 downloads. Hard to know how many of those are friends and family. I don't think I told, I don't think I really know 60 people. So I'm hoping we got some randos in there, people who just like like the logo, yeah, like the idea, and are, you know, going to continue listening to us. So for those again who might be just jumping into it, this is a podcast, you know, that we like to do to talk about different wines, drink, drink a bottle of wine, drink a bottle episode, of wine, you know, like drink a bottle of wine, kind of review it while we talk about various topics of a, a sport that we both are very passionate about soccer. And yeah, so we, yeah, we'll discuss a variety of soccer topics, drink some wine, yeah, have some laughs and hopefully uh, the folks out there enjoy it. Yeah, and you know, uh, we we talked about in the first episode some ways for people to kind of be in contact with us and and be in the know of what's going on. So we do have a a Instagram account, Vino Volley uh, eighty five, and we also have a Gmail account, Vino Volley eighty five at gmail So we do want you know our listeners to reach out to us. Uh, you know, we would love for this to be an interactive podcast. You know, there's obviously certain components of the podcast that kind of cater to that, right? Yes. So the ability to have the wine with us. Well, we we, we tried that for episode oh, one we, is we have, that true there's a story there we'll, we'll get to, i'll get to that in just a second but on the on the most part we want you know people to be able to try and get the bottle that we're going to drink to drink it with us and we would love to you know have them utilize that email account to give their thoughts but also i mean if you have topics that you think would be cool to be discussed and you kind of want to hear about or hear our take we'd love to hear your opinions and then most importantly i, I think you know one of the I think one part of the podcast we get the most enjoyment out is the most punchable face. Right? I mean, yeah, I think that's you – know, and, and the fact that we got feedback and we got emails from people. We got two emails. We're going we're gonna to read those. We're going to read those emails out. We hope that more come in. We obviously have our, our own thoughts, but it, it's it's going to be nice. And we hope that could potentially be a recurring thing is have you know our, our potential fan base give their thoughts on who has the most punchable face and why because I think – Yeah, build the hate. Right. It's not know, enough again, in the world. Yeah, no, we're not, not going to get into – how much hates in the world? This is this is like the playful like ha ha hate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's yeah. It's uh. It's not overly malicious, even though at times I'm sure we could you know we are you know judging people based on solely their physical appearance. But you not, know what? Not solely. I mean, a, you a, did. I did. Oh you yeah. Did. No, I went. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, and I I mean well uh, okay. Phil Foden. I mean not just. Not upset. I'm, I'm sure a couple people a couple man. people looked up Phil Foden and were like yeah oh. there's there's something there. Instantly threw up. Uh, I mean he's not like not like threw up but just were like. I kind of want to hit that guy. Yeah. You know? So, to all our Vino Valios out there, let's pop those corks, indulge in healthy pour, and dive studs up in today's episode. Before we get into the wine, I know Ryan, Ryan's geared up. There's a couple, couple things. I'm so freaking excited to drink this wine. We just had we just had dinner. We did. Our families just had dinner. Yeah. Delightful. Kids were well behaved. Tremendous lemon pasta dish. Hats off. Didn't have a sip of booze the entire dinner. No. And I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm parched. So we'll get to it, I, I promise. But there's a couple things that I need to I need to clear the air about. We're honest. We're honest gentlemen. We're honest gentlemen. We are, we don't do any fact checking or no. research for that matter. We're really going off of our, our own gumption, what we think is correct. Now, correct. I was pretty sure I had this, but it was it was brought to my attention that my, my definition may have been a bit crude. And where it comes from is when we talked about the field blend when it comes to Portuguese wines. Correct. So, field blend, what is it? I thought you made an excellent point as to what it was. You had me. I would have bought what you were selling. I think the way it came off is that the grapes on like a single vine, like you know, you'd have a cluster that were different grapes. Like a hybrid of different. Correct, which isn't, isn't entirely 
accurate. Okay. So it's more the fact that on these vineyards, there are a multitude of different vines that are grown, like, again, within the same area okay. and are picked. So I'm going to read an excerpt from a book. It's Foot Trodden, so Portugal and the Wines That Time Forgot by Simon J. Wolf and Ryan Opaz. So I'm just going to read a little excerpt that might help clarify what we're talking about when, when it says field blend. Also, while just you're looking sure it up, we don't, the, we don't offend an the, entire the fact, that, the fact that you have a book and you just quoted a source, I think definitely brings some legitimacy to this. Like, it's pretty legit. Yeah, but now you got to watch me try and read this. Yeah, they, without, you're just without, flipping through without, it like it's... Uh, I, ha- oh, I had God. it. You could, this is a real book. Here, you can hear that. Page, page right. turning. Page, page turning. turning. All right. So you took it upon yourself to double check yourself as to what a field blend is. Take it away. Okay. Oh, I already lost my paragraph. Good start. Jesus H. Christmas. Here we go. One of the challenges of identifying such varieties of grapes is that they are typically intermixed in old vineyards. This planting technique, the field blend, <laughs> is, a, is an important concept in Portugal. Vineyards were historically always interplanted, sometimes even with a mix of white and red varieties, with the intention that all varieties were harvested and fermented together. Field blends have remained particularly important in the Douro and for port wine, but also still common in Dao and in the other vineyards of Alentejo and the Lisbona wine region. Lisbon. There you go. It, it's a oh, Lisboa. Oh, I fucked that up. Lisboa. You said Lisbona, which Liz- I know. Sounds dirty. And I was like, I was in my mind, I was just like, oh wow, that like, it sounds like Bona, but that's yeah. just I just Freudian slipped myself. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna have to. Yep. This is not it. Another another subject line for the old therapist. All right. The idea can seem random to outsiders, as Richard Mason has written, asking a small scale grower in the Duro. What's growing in your vineyard? It is very often met with a shrug in the words, Get off my lawn! <laughs> I think it's, uh, now say, which translates to I don't know. Yet the field blend has a sound basis. There we go. All right. So there's the clarification on Coming clean field blend. I think can't get more accurate than that. Yeah. And if you want more, you, you can uh, you, foot trodden. You, you, you go get the book. So, you know? Source the book. So... The other coming clean. Obviously, the intent was to talk about the wine for next episode yep. so that our listeners could drink with us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we fucked it I fucked it up. No, I didn't fuck it up. You didn't. My wife fucked it up. Sure did. She kind of gave us the backstory not too long ago. My wife, bless her heart, you know, one, once a year, she likes to cook to commemorate the memory of her, her grandparents. Usually cooks Italian food with, with red wine. She's got the music going. The music it's, it's going. A thing. It's, it's a whole it thing. Is... Like, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And let, it was... The meal was gnocchi and eggplant parmesan. It was it was delightful. But in that, I get a I get a text message with a picture of that bottle of wine and the question, "Were you going to use this for your podcast?" To which I, you know, may have said some expletives. That I mean, I've already sworn on this, but we don't need to over, you know. Yeah, you and you'd set that aside. It was it wasn't like hidden. Now, but it was certainly set aside. Set aside. Also, we know that we we make our own wine. Yep. There's been like I'm gonna say five times in like the last few years that I've bought wine. So like, and usually like when she cooks, she just uses the wine we have. Makes sense. So it's just, and she's a brilliant woman, but like you looked in the fridge, you looked in the wine fridge, you saw this bottle and you just thought, not like second thought, like, Oh, I wonder if this will be a podcast. Be like, great. I can't believe we have like this Italian wine. How serendipitous. (laughs) I'm going to use it and ruin like the whole shtick that we got going. So you send me a text. I did. I did send With, me a text. I don't know if it was a picture of the bottle or how, and I think I think Jess sent me a picture of the bottle as well with an apology, and it's like, you know the meme of, uh, what's his face, the drug lord, <laughs> the guy down in Columbia? Yeah, uh, uh, El Chapo? Yeah. Yeah. Of just him, just like hands behind yeah, his just, back, just like staring on a window, just yeah. like, oh, man. But alas. Alas. So, anyway, Adapt and overcome. That wine, and I'm just going to give a rough, Rough score for it. Kind of might have been a blessing in disguise. Although it was a delicious wine, probably would have ranked it at like a 7.8, 7.9. It was, it was delightful. It was on the lighter side. Okay. As far as like was mouthfeel, like I don't know the, the great way to ex- explain mouthfeel. The only the way I was like drinking water between like drinking milk, I guess, like the he- like It's like the, mouthfeel and like body. Yeah, just like it's it's got more to it. So it was it was on the lighter side. Okay. The color for the I forget the what was it the Oh uh I don't want to say Nar- the first. Uh, it was like narrow something. Yeah. That was negro something. It might have been. Okay. But anyway, for it, it wasn't, and also it just wasn't that dark. 
it was on it was on the lighter side. I, you know, I sent you a picture of that it was pretty see through. So, uh, but again, solid wine. I think for the price, uh, it was you know set, like I said, I think a seven point nine. Very delicious, very smooth, perfect to enjoy with a delicious Italian meal. Um, if I do say so myself, as as I indulge. But unfortunately, it's it's not going to be the wine that we are going to be drinking today. So in the you know still. Taking into the dark arts, we had to look for a substitute. And to that, we came across a Petit Syrah, which if you look in the spectrum of light to dark grapes, it is damn near at the darkest. Bottomed out. Bottomed out. Yep. Just just pure night. Uh, squid ink, as, squid as, we, as ink. we like to call it. So that's what we're going to be drinking. So I will leave it over to Ryan to kind of read about the bottle. And also be on the lookout on our Instagram page as I will post a picture of it. So that hopefully if you do... If you are following us, I think we might have two, but hey, two's better than none. Sure is. Uh, you'll you can see the picture, so you'll know, uh, and hopefully be able to go out and get this bottle uh, prior to listening to episode two. So Ryan, take it away. Yeah, and if you find like a, if you find a bottle that we either highly rated or you really enjoyed, like let us know where you got it and for what price because. I mean, we're going off at the websites, you know, what is it? Wine.com. I got wine.com. In Vivino. Yep. Uh, we're taking, we're taking the, the average. Yep. So, uh, you know, give, take that with a grain of salt, but right. Take it away. All right. So to, for this episode, we are going to be drinking the Maggio family vineyards, Petit Syrah, the 2017 vintage wine.com has it for about 13 bucks, 12.99. The winemaker notes are Dark and inky in color, aromas of dark ripe berry fruit, sweet and tasty oak, and savory hints of grilled meat. I don't think I've ever heard grilled meat in like the tasting notes of a wine, but we'll give it a go. I'm curious. I'm gonna because like I think we read one that was like, well, pine was the first episode. Was, yeah, pine. Yeah. You gotta feel like some of the people are just like, oh, I taste this. Like, you think they're full of shit? Or you think they really like taste? You can taste pine. I don't know. You I mean, I like to think that like sommelier is like are just so in tune with things, but then again, like, I don't know. Yeah. I got to feel like there's just a, like, what if it was, you know, it's like, oh, I just, like, ran headfirst. Just fucking around with everybody's yeah. like, yeah, no, did you get this? Oh, you didn't get the pine? Oh, it's because oh. you're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. well. Snozberries mm. taste mm. like snozberries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flavors mm. of ripe blackberry and toasted oak with a juicy mid-palate and chewy tannins on the finish. Yeah. Yeah, so we got, it's, it's a bold, taste characteristics, bold, very tannic, uh, on the dry side, mid to high acidity. Okay. So uh, with that, oh, and again, as always, kind of keep the same method. Mm -hmm. We just, I have like a little aerator pop into the, you know, so we just opened it and poured it in. It's, so the glass has been sitting lusciously in front of us. It's dark. It, it is dark. Uh, so with that, shall we? Let's do it. We're going to try an official cheers. So there might be some shuffling around as we are kind of, if you don't know the setup, we're about eight feet away from each other. So. I'm going to give Ryan his wine, and then we're going to cheers, and then we're going to give our first thoughts. Yeah, I'm going to commence this adventure. Oh, that's really good. That, like, right from the go is really good. I like it. Super gentle. But, yeah, it does, you can, it's definitely acidic. Oh, yeah. Good mouthfeel. That is one that I think we're in We're in for. It is bold. It, it is. It is bold for sure, like. But I like it. That's right on my alley. Did you, did you read what the alcohol content was? 13.5%. Not so terrible. It's not super high. It's just See, maybe it's because like, like I, we haven't greased the wheels. Like that first sip, it's got a little burn to it. Really? In, in my, yeah. Oh, see, I'm. But I'm, it also could be just like the rapid infection that I have. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're still, you're still, like, still in a bit there, of a we're rough gonna way. Be, we're gonna be good for one hack session. I'm, I'm hoping to mute it out, but hey. Yeah. So before we get into our two topics today, figure, you know what? I gotta, I gotta put this on the table. He's unzipping his pants. It's, it's fully out. It's. Yeah. I started watching the Beckham documentary on Netflix. I've heard it's amazing. I it is I'm three episodes in and it is captivating. And not only because I think I'm more attracted to him than I am Victoria he's a man. Posh Spice. Yeah. He in his interviews, he's just so relaxed yeah. and just like no wonder he was football star turned model turned like international like sex symbol. He's just like the coolest dude in the room. Yeah. Like, what he's wearing, how he looks. And, I mean, he picked the best Spice Girl, by far. Oh, see, I was partial to Ginger Spice. Ooh. Yeah. Conversation for a different time. Conversation for a different yeah, day. We, we could go but through. But the, the way it's done, I'm not, like, it's kind of choppy in some of the interviews where, like, you have the director, like, ask, it, like, oh, hey, like, so what, and you see the subtitles, because I yeah. can't watch anything without subtitles anymore, because, you know, I can't, well, damn near 40. Oh, yeah. 
But uh, FYI, if you if you're nearing forty and you have a physical coming up, be prepared for some morbid talk because apparently like the wheels are just gonna fucking fall off. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. Wasn't great. Put me in like a worse place than I was when I walked in. Anyway, I digress. It was really good, and to see him because like when he was in his heyday in like Manchester United, you and I were you know coming into high school. Yeah. You know, I was I had stopped playing soccer, and I never really, like followed it other than like oh US ninety four. Like I wasn't following and actually watching, but like he was just an absolute phenom. And to see how skilled he was, and how like the pressure the game put on him, the pressure the whole country put on him was inc- was incredible. Oh yeah, that's how he bends. That's how he bends it. It uh, and just the way he developed his skills, he's like, I wanted to kick it different than anybody else would, and like, definitely like a hardest work in the room mentality. And then it's just like, he's just so goddamn handsome. He is. And it, I mean, he's had some pretty ug- like if you can make an ugly haircut look good, like you know, you're just like you're a strikingly handsome human being. Oh, they did a whole thing on his hair and how yeah. like Sir Alex Ferguson. He like, like had like the mohawk and he was just like, you're fucking shaving that yeah. right now. And I think that that might be a good future episode is talking about that old school like coach mentality. Like now we talk about juggling like coaches have to juggle these superstars. Yeah, managing and, egos. Right, and it's just like like I want to go back to the. The olden days where it was just like, no, it's my, I'm the fucking coach. Like, it's yeah. my way or the highway. And yeah. I don't know if we'll have a full conversation about it, but it might be something yeah. to touch That on. and best worst hair in soccer, because that is a lengthy discussion. I feel like that kind of goes, co- like, hand in hand with punchable face. It's true. It's just purely Like, based I mean, on we could go appearance. through the history, but if we're talking, like, present times, like, I know, actually, that just brought up another, if we get to that team, I already yeah. know one. Because it's just like the worst goddamn yeah. haircut. So um, if you are if you're in the market for a good watch as it relates to soccer, my guess is that's why you're here. Watch the Beckham documentary on Netflix. Yeah. It's really good. Episodes aren't super long. I mean, he's he's just a goddamn dreamboat. I feel like it would be in our best interest to maybe do an episode about different soccer shows, like taking documentaries. Yeah. Like obviously Ted Lasso is is really big. Yeah. Talk about that, like our favorites, and yeah, you know, in the in the TV and movie realm. But one thing I did want to note about the wine before we, we kind of kick off our, our conversation is uh, that it's, it's a screw top. And Ooh. so my question to you was, as a wine drinker, when you see a wine bottle that has a screw top, do you automatically assume that it's it's going to be a piece of shit? Not a, But maybe not a piece of shit, but just like... No, but like sub... sub like you got like your then what like you're cupcake, used to. you know, cupcake wine. No, I mean, no knocking any, any of these wine brands, but like kind of like... You see, it your doesn't mass have a core. Pro, your mass-produced, yeah. like, user-friendly. Like, you think it automatically... Like I know, I noticed it. I think it... Let's see, it, it doesn't drink like a, a screw top, because, like, I've had really good wines that are screw top. But I bet you that, that deters some people. It's probably the same thing people are like... Like, I was on a kick for a while where I was only buying, you know, Doc wines, or DOCG wines from Italy. I was like, oh, these are the best because yeah. they have the highest regulations, and that's not necessarily the case. And again, it's all personal taste and palate, too, so... Right. And so that that's a good segue into what our goal is is, is part of the wine portion of, of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that we just get to suck down a bottle of wine while just talking about topics we enjoy away from our children, <laughs> away from our children, is to we're not gonna we're never gonna be buying those eighty hundred dollar bottles. I think those those brands those bottles speak for themselves. Like they're you paying paying for the taste and, and and sometimes for the most part I think it it hits it. I mean the, I think the most expensive bottle I bought was a bottle of Camus and I, I it was a gift to my brother in law and he was gracious enough to share it with me and I mean that thing. I think I spent seventy nine bucks at, at BJ's, which was like a deal. Other places was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And that thing, I mean, it, it it tasted great. It was like pure velvet. But that's that's not where we're gonna be. We're the we're every man's wine drinker. So yeah. what we're looking for is we're gonna try and find we're we're gonna stick ourselves into that fifteen to thirty, maybe above that, like a little bit above that thirty dollar range. And our goal is to find those hidden gems that we think drink more. You know, could drink up to like a fifty eighty dollar bottle, right? Yeah. Who you definitely know? hit hit above their weight. Yeah. And, you know, you're either a bargain find right. that are unbelievable and just they're just happen to be inexpensive. Yep. But, you know, something in the range where even if you're, you know, if you're going to a function and you don't know anything about wine, well, hey, here's something that's not necessarily going to break the bank, but you can impress people with. Because that's, we, we desperately want to just impress, just, impress just people. Just want to make everyone like me. Why don't they like me? 
Okay. So with that, shall we dive in? Well, we're diving in. We're diving in. We're, we're studs in. So as the wine told, we're going to be talking about the dark arts. And for those who may not know what the dark arts are, it's also known as more of like the th- theatricality, the diving. The, the gamesmanship, if you will. It's a, a lot of light, nice synonyms for something I just absolutely so we're going to be discussing is it good for the game is it bad for the game and if depending on where we fall is there a better way that it can be i mean surely there is and i have my thoughts okay is there a better way that we think it can be handled to i don't know make it make it be a part of the game but still make it more meaningful and Maybe I'll, I can make more sense when we yeah, get no, to I, that part. So I got you. I, I want to hear your thoughts. Like, what do you what do you think when you see when you see like somebody? Di- obviously, I mean, it's an opponent, yeah. especially going down soft. You know, maybe for a free kick or, mm-hmm. or time wasting or God forbid a penalty. Yeah. Give first your knee jerk reaction. My knee jerk reaction is to probably curse and yell at my TV. He instantly becomes the most punchable face. Whoever, yeah, yeah. Whoever it's just, dives, it's just so so aggressive. I think it's a mixed bag. There's okay. a lot of layers to it. I'm going to start off with I think that's one of the major things, other than the archaic thought of the pace of soccer that turns people off to the game even today is, oh my God, they're just so soft. They're flopping around. Oh my God. Like, why do they have to do that? Like, oh, a, a, a breeze will hit them and they fall over. I think that's honestly like a huge deterrent as to why people don't respect soccer. Which in a is way. fine. But also like, depending on what sports those people watch, yeah, they're hypocrites because- yeah, oh, yeah. We watch the NHL yep. and a hooking penalty. You can I, you can see guy grab the stick yep. right under his arm yep. and dive. Now the physicality in hockey and, and some of these other sports again is right is crazy. Although soccer except for does, basketball, except for basketball, well, basketball flopping. Oh god, thing. the worst. I mean, soccer does have the highest concussion rate, but again, it's true. from physicality, I mean, I think it it's more athleticism than it is. I think it still takes physicality, but I think it takes more athleticism yep. than it does. But I mean, I'll I I'll share a story real quick. When I was coaching at the high school level, I had this kid, one of the probably the most you know talented kid on my team, and close game, you know, kind of a shoulder to shoulder, kind of a fifty fifty challenge. Kid goes down like a ton of bricks. Right, I got to go trot out there, which to his detriment meant he had to come off because he didn't understand that. Rolling around like the sniper was on the roof, I get to him and I'm like, hey, I'm like, uh, you all right? And he looks at me. Like, winks, smirks, he's like, coach, I'm fine. Did I get the call? Like, it was like one of those scenarios, and I wanted to strangle him because I was so against things like that. Yeah. But with that being said, sometimes a little bit of embellishment, a little bit of going to the ground to get a call if it is close enough, I think is understandable. And it also has a lot to do with who's calling the game. Sure. Which, again, as we have all seen, week to week, it's, the, it's a goddamn grab bag. Of course. And that, that's going to be a future discussion. We're going we're gonna to talk about not only VAR, but we're going to get into, is the game too fast for the human eye now? And you know, obviously, I never want to put anybody out of a job, but technology, the cam- like what the cameras can capture, we've seen the goal line, like the offsides. Mm-hmm. Like, is it time to let the automations do their work and make it a more efficient game? But you again, are promoting the robot takeover. Skynet, man. Skynet. Self-aware. <laughs> you know, to, to make Aquanet. it... Aquanet. Yeah, not that. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I hear what you're saying, and I think the other part of it is you look at a player that's in the box, right? And is getting absolutely manhandled, mm-hmm. but stays on his feet. Respect the hell out of it doesn't get the call though whereas aggravates the hell out of me well of course but like (laughs) so there's 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 the the double-edged sword right so it's like you got to stay strong but he's actively getting fouled but because he can withstand it right no foul is called so then like you know it could lead to a goal kick whatever It, it doesn't score the goal yeah so then the other mindset is you feel the contact it's now what's the acceptable amount of contact that I can be like, all right, well, this is this is impeding me from being able to maximize my efficiency. I'm right. going to go down because there's contact. So I agree. I think there is there's a degree where it is good. But man, or, or, or not that it's good. It's part of the game. It's necessary. You think? It's necessary. It's necessary if it does impede someone's ability to play the ball. The show, the like showmanship of it, the theatrics of it, I even now cannot stand. Right, and I think that, and I know 
coaches and players, you know, are kind of against it because the so many games, but I think one of the best things they ever did was the last World Cup is they really were like, we are going to count every second. Mm-hmm. If you're rolling on the ground yep. for two minutes, we're going to take those two minutes, which was never like, you maybe had a max five minutes unless there was like a serious injury. Right. right? A serious yeah. injury, you could find yourself in the seven or eight realm. But yep. if it was just pure time wasting, it was always a max, like five minutes. Now we had like, you had seven minutes, nine minutes, 11 minutes, yeah. 13 minutes, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Because that like- Let them play it out. So that's the way the rules have evolved to, ah, the rules have evolved to keep up with the game. There it is. Right? So that's fine. You want a time waste? Great. You want to give yourself, your team some reprieve? Yeah. All the power to you. Yeah. But you could pay for it You're on gonna the back end. You're going to pay for it in, yeah. the, in the back end. And yeah. that's- I mean, again, people hem and haw about it, but I think that's the greatest solution to at least that aspect of theatricality, right? Mm-hmm. You want to take 12 tumbles? Yep. Fine, do it. When the 90-minute hits, we're going to have nine minutes, and I hope your legs are, are ready because yeah. you're, you're in for it. Yeah, so, and, and like that's a way that you you think you're helping your team, but you know if it backfires and you're the reason why your team gives up you know a 97-minute goal because right. you were flopping around like a goddamn halibut on the friggin' SS roll-around, like nice. yeah, yeah thank you yeah. that's on you so like we focus on on the diving aspect of it and mm-hmm. obviously soccer physical game it's become part of the game sure I'll tell you what gets me almost as mad is freaking goalie time wasting the yeah the scoop up you know a through ball scoop it up lay on it look around look at the clouds check the check your watch so the goalie's supposed to have what eight eight seconds from the point in which they're like not like it's it's not a point of contact, but like a point in which I guess they've composed themselves. Point of control. Point of control. Oh, that's a good idea. I don't. Know I think I, well, it may not be, and it may not be eight, but I remember years ago mm-hmm. when Simon Mignolet, yeah. is still the goalie, he took I think it was like forty-two seconds. Got a yellow card yeah. and then proceeded to take another, you know, twenty. So that's the other thing is like, I mean, it could it would turn the game on its absolute head. Yeah. But like that's the thing from like a ref is like do it once, like draw that hard line. Yeah. yeah. Give a goalie mm-hmm. two quick yellows yeah. for time wasting. Yeah. Rip them out of there. That would be like it almost seems like a like a pitch clock, like a running pitch clock. Because yeah, I mean, nothing gets fans as fired up as when like a goalie holds right. on. No and, like, contact. There's, there's an talking aspect. to you, Jordan Pickford. Oh God. Yeah. I'm so glad that freaking backfired. Oh, this is uh, if you, you look, you can look at the, the the derby um, last last season. But was it last season or two seasons ago? Oh dear God, could be two. I think it was two. I think it was two. Was it two? Yeah. Well, derby's um, coming up. again, I don't know, fact check anything. I don't. Yeah. I don't do the reading. It was seven years ago. Yeah. It actually never happened. Yeah. It is aggravating, and I understand. Like, if you need to gather yourself as a goalie, like, oh man, all right, I got to slow things down. Things are like, you know, the other yeah, teams empty in the with, chamber. Like, the, you know, you do like the fake rollout, yep. and then you like, you know, all right, clear yeah. the lines. I'm gonna hoof it. Like, that's enough time to kind of just like hundred percent reset. But the overall, even at the end of games, and like the end of games, like goalie, like say it's like a corner kick, you're on your feet. And you go down to the ground and freaking cover the ball like yeah. a, like a like it's a grenade. Yeah. Like come on. No, you I know. Like, like, have agree. some have some pride in yourself and be like, all right, I'm gonna I'll roll it out and then let someone play it in the space, have the guy run down the wing or stick it in the corner or go to the sidelines. Like there's so many other ways to clean that up from like I don't know, like a respect for the play type situation. Yeah. And even if you're winning a close game, like I still do it like with Allison and Allison doesn't do it a lot. Like I feel like he plays it out pretty. Like he doesn't milk it. Like I've seen some other goalies do it. But even times where like he does, I'm like, oh god, just you don't need to. Just get up. Yeah. You can roll it out. You could punt it. Like well, that also everyone's could be that punt it to the other side. Most of the, field. the time this season, Liverpool have like eaten the first goal. Yeah, but true. I mean, he does it. Everybody does it. Yeah. It's it, no no one is I think absolved of this sin. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Like, but I think like set the tone. Yep. Hopefully, I mean, well, the way the season's going, it'll probably be Liverpool, you know, get the first two red cards because we just seem to can't fucking help ourselves. Yeah. We just don't like playing with 11 people this season. But, yeah, I agree. So, we've talked about the goalies. Talked about goalies. We've talked, I mean, we've, we've talked about, obviously, going down the box. We've talked about time-wasting. Now, yeah. my question is, yeah. if it is a part of the game, 
Okay. Maybe not necessary, but it's just it's it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. We talked about how time time wasting it's added on at the end. Great, you've resolved that. Yep. How do you resolve? I have my thoughts, but I'll see if you have yours. Okay. How do you resolve the issue that a dive leads to potential like okay. game game changing okay. moment? Okay, ready for this? I didn't finish my. Th- what do you? How do you know if I'm going to say? I don't know. I don't. Well, I'll let you finish. Rude. Sorry. So it leads to a game-changing moment, and it's one of those things where, like, if the on-field decision was a different way, it mm-hmm. would, it would, you know, if you called it a non-penalty, it would have stayed because obviously VAR. It's not clear and obvious, but like, it's soft as squirrel shit. Yeah. Or actually, wild turkey shit. Weird, but like, have you ever seen a wild turkey shit? Yeah, yeah. They're gross. Yeah, They're it's also soft. super fertilizing. It's actually really good for the land. Not when my dog eats it. But anyway. Gross. All right. So in those instances, so you basically you've you've won your team. Free kick in a dangerous area. You've won your team uh, PK, and that's the difference between one, you know, zero point one point three points. Mm-hmm. But like deep down, you know, like that was awful. That you was, get a little dive. That. I mean, I'm, it, they're living pretty good. Yeah. How do you think? Is there a way to curb that? Is there a way to make that better? Yep. Keep it in the game and make it better. Yep. Okay. What's yours? Never gonna happen. If it's deemed a flop, that player almost like a power play has to sit for some amount of time. You're talking in-game. In-game, if they go down and embellish, and it's like, all right, like, you, come on now. Like, what what are we doing here? Right. And I don't know if it'd have to, like, someone in the booth would have to look at it. If it's made the decision by, like, the on-field referee, it's like, all right, you're, you're going down. You are compromising the integrity of the game. You now, like an injury, like, you go to the sidelines, you're kept there, and then you have to be let back on. Okay. I like, it would never happen. I like but, where your headspace is at. It's pretty I'm cool. Gonna, I'm going to take it a one step further, though, because I feel like in-game is too difficult and, like, a two-minute minor. It's, it's not five on four. That's it's true. It's still ten on, like, and, we, you know, you've seen, like, certain teams, like, they go down to ten men and they almost and no, seem it like doesn't better. Make it, yeah, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, doesn't make, make it. So here's my, here's my thought, Publicly right? stone them. <laughs> not my thought, but okay. we're going dark wine, dark place. Okay. So my thought is that you have an independent panel review these these instances after the game. Okay. Okay. One because in theory, I mean, I think I've seen it done less than ten times, maybe less than five. Is yeah. If ref sees a pure fabrication. Yep. That player, it was it was deemed the player should get a yellow card for fabrication. Actually, it's happened once this season so far, and the player, I think, eventually ended up got sent off. He got one yellow card for fabrication. It was a Tottenham game. Okay. One yellow card for fabrication, then the second yard for an actual bad foul. Yeah. And so there's justice. But the game is too fast for, I think, just the human eye to catch it. I think you need an independent panel to kind of review these situations after the fact. Right. If after the fact, kind of just like, you know, they have the panel – you know, to see if like the ban is going to be upheld. Mm-hmm. If after the fact it was deemed that your player led by diving yep. led to a, a goal, we'll, we'll just keep it. We'll keep it simple and keep it like a goal. Basically, changing the outcourse, the outcome of the game. Okay, so it only has to deal with a. Ch- it has to impact a change it can have, in score. I mean, we you know. I know that's, that's for the, the sliding scales, getting, but yeah, go right. on. But anyway, like it it changed the impact of the game. Like you got a draw out of it, you got a win out of it, rather than a loss. Okay, right? something like that. If it was deemed that that was pure, like it was just way too soft, mm-hmm. that that player is then one match banned. And here's oh, my thought process. With okay, that, right. Here's my thought process with that. Is that now you've kept the theatricality, the dark arts as part of the game as it, it just seems to be integral to it. Yeah. But what you've done is you've put an onus on it that you got to think about is this really worth it? Yeah. Are you going to get bagged and potentially put your team in a situation where they can't pick you for selection next game because you did this? So it's like, how important is that dive? How oh, important is it. that three points, that one point in the grand scheme of things? Because then you kind of put it has it, it holds it has larger ramifications. Right. You kind of like it's a, like, almost like a badge of honor. Yeah. Like you're it's a one-one game. Yep. It's a close. It's a close game. It's a soft call. You go down and you're like, you know what? If I can get this, yeah. we can get the three points. Mm-hmm. And hey, I'll I'll you know, I'll lean on my teammates for the next game that I'm gonna be out to get this. So you kinda just like you almost applaud mm-hmm. with the, the knowing that there's a chance that he's gonna be banned. And again, you could do it's not always gonna be one game. So if it happens once a season, it's one game. Yeah. If you do it twice a season, it's two games. So, it's so like, again, it's like what it's, the it's, NHL it's, does with like player safety. It's like X amount of infractions, you know, game yeah. suspended, monetary. So I feel like in that, like in the moment, you'd be bullshit at the player if he dove against you. But you also know that like, it's kind of like, all right, I'll, I'll applaud you because you know what the ramifications could be. You know, you could put your team at a, at a disadvantage. Yeah. 
depending on like you know and like in that moment are they really going to think of like who do we have who are we playing next so i think that would be a perfect way to just keep that element of the game there but but have much more weight to it yeah Ooh, i like that that would be interesting that i mean that definitely seems like a more feasible thing than like the in-game well we've in-ga- already, in-game we've, penalty we've, we've already seen the flaws of the, the in-game well, no, not in-game VAR. I'm talking about the in-game like penalty kill. Yeah, that it just. I mean, it's just it's a different. Too many people on the on the field to really. I know. I guess my element of it is like the the immediacy of like the public shaming of like oh look at this like imagine standing. How about we just pants them? Yeah, imagine. <laughs> it's like <laughs> look at this look at this wiener. <laughs> look at it. <laughs> so cold here in England in the middle of the winter. Look at it. Oh. <laughs> No, but just the, like imagine like going off the pitch in like the home section, like saying like, "Oh, you're in like a two minute flopping minor or whatever," and just getting fucking berated by like the local fans. Yeah, I mean, like, but it's not gonna impact. It'll never happen. It's not gonna impact the game. No. You need it. You need it to be that they're like just unavailable for selection. Yeah, but I like it. You know, anything about public shaming and. Apparently, pantsing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, multi-millionaires and, you know. Is it just cold su- out there? Supermodel wives. Yeah, right. Anyway, we can just take these these people down a peg or two. Now, moving forward with the dark arts is, I guess it's more of like a game management thing. So I don't think it's necessarily a dark art, but the end of game substitutions. While there is some element of, you know, strategy, we all bring in James Milner for the last three and a half minutes to just lock it down. It also aids in time management. Because I don't know if every second goes back on the clock. Because like, so it's supposedly for every, su- just like every goal for every substitution is 30 seconds. The automatic 30 seconds that are added on. And I think they have done, like, obviously, you know, a couple years ago, you'd have a player would strategically put themselves in the opposite corner. Yeah. And then knowing they would get subbed and just walk. Now you have to go off at the nearest point. So they've done the best they can with that. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, they could probably drop 30 seconds. But again, now when we're talking about, like, things like that, the time is added on. Okay. So I think as long as they stay true with you, like, sure, you want to make substitutions because you want to get fresh legs in yeah. there. You want to change the, you know, complexity of the game. Yeah. Fine. It, if you were just trying to do it to just take the sting out of it, it could bite you on the back end because we're just going to add that time. Yeah. I mean, that was my strategy, like back coaching high school. Like, if we were in a close game and I knew it was getting close on my watch, you'd be like, look to the end of the bench, you'd be like, uh, you get over here, you get over here, and like the last kid, be like, Dougie, get over here, like. Coach, am I, Dougie. am I in now? I'd be like, yeah, Dougie. And like he'd step on and be like, ah, whistle. I'd be like, we did uh, it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, Dougie shit himself one time. <laughs> just just so, such a Dougie thing so excited. Oh, what a warm embrace. Well, this is make that now the teach me how to sweet, Dougie is just get. Sweet, sweet Dougie. Now the teach me how to Dougie is to get into the game in the final minutes. Just shit yourself. <laughs> just to out. Tell you what, it's not going to be a Vino Volley podcast episode if we don't talk about defecation. That is true. Uh, is, that the, is that the running? The runs. The right. Uh, so what are the dark arts? What other? I think we've we might have might have covered it. I'm trying to think if there's anything. I mean, the, the darkest thing is obviously the racism, but we're not going to. No, we're not going to. We're not going to cover that. We're not cover the. Yeah, we don't have time. Do that. Or, or like, the education. Or yeah. Or, or the or the uh, behind the scenes monetary dealings. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not, not going we're not gonna go that dark. We're not going that. We're going, we're going in game. superficial dark. In, yeah, superficial so, dark. In game. Uh, yeah. So I think I think that that kind of well rounds it up. I mean, I, like I said, I would I would love for my plan to be implemented because I think it's a good plan. It would just like it would take like it would take away that stigma of just like oh this flop and be like yeah man, but he did it. He know he's basically kind of like it's almost like a falling on the sword thing. Yeah. Like you you did this because you need you needed those points. So yeah, I would love it. But nice. I think that's a good good wrap to the dark arts. And let's yeah. uh, as we've actually. Slugged down most of that first glass. Yeah, that uh, was really good. Like so, I'm, I'm. So what do you think? Has it? Has I'm on it, board. Has it changed at all? Uh, no. I think. I mean, if anything, it's got a little mellower. But I, I've been on board with this one from like the first taste. I mean, it is bold. I see. I feel like I always get, I always get the berries. Like definitely like that, that dark fruit. Like I feel that way up front. Yeah. Vanilla. I feel like there's always an element of it just basically yeah, no, I from it. the from the oak barrel. I mean, it's oak and vanilla. Tobacco. I mean, I've never smoked a cigarette, so I can't really. Leather. Yeah. I've been there. Oh, do, you, do you get any of the, the cocoa? No, I'm getting... No cocoa? No cocoa. Definitely getting 
vanilla. I'm getting like the fruit big time. I don't know the whole grilled meat thing. That's just, I mean, you might as well. That's like, you know what? Vivino does not have grilled meats. Okay, so wine.com, funny thing, noticing. I ate a bit of steak and it tasted like grilled meat. This was in the same sentence, right? So, so. Did you just read it wrong? I don't know. Dim dim lighting in here. You know, I can't see well at night. Making fun of my sconces? Harmon, Harmon Rab. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, night blindness. So two sentences on wine.com. The grilled meat was the last note in the first sentence exactly where the spruce was for the previous bottle. So I wonder if, like, wine.com's just like, oh, here are all the real things, and then just, just like, like, see if you're paying attention. Wine.com's <laughs> probably just, like, Wikipedia. It's just, like, some guy just adding me, like, uh, the, the next The yeah, next yeah. bottle, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, vanilla and, and, and dark beans. Yeah, and then Boston's, it's uh, human, Boston's baked beans. Yeah, and then it's um, baby femurs. What? What? Jesus. Oh. So, yeah. So, I think it's time. To pour? Oh, no. I could do more. We'll but also, more. to talk about oh, we're in it? the physical appearances of people making millions and millions of dollars. We knew this one would hurt a little bit as we were on to Liverpool today. We're doing the most, most punchable face right now. But we're doing it. All right. So, let, let's, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to top us off. Yes. And then, since we we have some read it, we have some write ins. Okay, I'll read those first. Love it. We'll discuss. Yep. And then we'll go with our picks. So excited. Sound good. Okay. All right. So today's episode of Most Punchable Face, as Ryan eloquently said, it was the first I'm, cut. Is first cut is the. You're, are you? I'm you giddy. Like, I'm so you're giddy about ripping into freaking our happy team. about this. Okay. No, it's not ripping into my team. I just feel like as time has gone on and we've let this simmer and we've you know I've listened to the first episode a few times just to listen to it. Like my family's listened to it. My nine year old son was like, Dad, I want to, I want to listen. I'm like, okay, like I mean, nothing doesn't hear. At home. Not the violence part of punch me in the face, but like, whatever, curse word here and there. He's on board. He has his input as well. So we're going to have to share okay. his input. But right now, it is so I, I, listener I, Listener appreciation. Like so that. we have, this comes from Jennifer. Jennifer says, Thank you, Jennifer. Y'all are funny. Uh, I think Dominic Sobosly has the most punchable face. He looks cocky, and he's a millionaire at 22. So he kind of deserves it. So. I'm angry now. I mean, we kind of we kind of danced around Sobosly. Just because right. he's so fucking handsome. He is a handsome man. My God. I mean, he's walked he's walked into this team and he just he does he does have I mean, he's got the tools to back it up, but he does he's got that air of just like, um, my sh- my shit don't stink. And you know what? He probably doesn't. No. I mean I'd take, I I mean take a whiff. He's just <laughs> He is. He is so handsome. So I I I just punch him right in this beautiful little face ass. No, I just, I just give him a little boop. A little that's a that's hey a UK. He's, he's, hey you're, you're, he's so handsome. He is so yeah. handsome. One if his legs are very hairy though. Did you so? Do you know the thing about so his dad made him wear shoes that were too small for him so okay. that his feet wouldn't grow because the theory or what have you is that smaller feet allows you to have better like ball control and striking ability fascinating yeah. so his dad like japanese foot bound him pretty much yeah jesus now, hey. now i also fit now he's handsome and he's been he might have tiny feet tormented as a child yeah. so that was from uh jennifer thank you jennifer and next one came from christina who said that if i had to choose the most punchable face on the liverpool team it would be calvin ramsey Ooh, Mainly okay. because he's 20 years old and makes too much money to look like he's always confused in the face. So Calvin Ramsey, I mean, that's right now is kind of a technicality. He is a Liverpool-owned player. Yes. But he is on loan. Yep. Kid's got a baby face. Christine, you want to punch a baby? Oh, man. So maybe huh. you, uh, you want to take a good look internally. That's true. And think about like what kind of person wants yeah, to punch you, a baby. Yeah, what are you going through? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, maybe write in. Tell us. Write in. Tell, tell us what you're going through. Yeah, yeah. yeah tell, uh, us, uh, tell us your story. A little, little, little narrative. A little, uh, little short story. So those are our two write ins. Awesome. We we appreciate the feedback. We hope to get more as we we continue. But yeah, oh, let's. I get, I get to add in. Oh, let's hear riders. Okay, so Rider J, listen to the podcast. He immediately, without missing a beat, I asked him after like he listened to this part of the first episode. I'm like, hey, Ryder. I'm like, is there anyone? I don't even think I get the words out of my face. He's like, Curtis Jones. I was like, dude, really? He goes, yeah, his hair's stupid. He's got stupid haircut. And I'm like, okay, dude, Jesus. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good answer. He's also, he was my runner-up. He was your runner-up. Curtis Jones was my runner-up. So I'm going to go, I'll go my main pick. 
Okay. And then I'm going to go honorable mention. But as we're Curtis okay. Jones, I, I mean, you know, not ever been the biggest no, Curtis Jones. No, you're I out think, on Curtis Jones. I I think he's he's definitely kind of coming to his own this season. He's shown me a few things, but there are also games where I'm just like, I don't know what you do. And he looks like a... Oh, God. Wait, how am I? He looks like he knows a maximum of about 17 seven. and a half oh, words. I was going to say seven. Like, yeah. uh, he's a, a bowl. Yeah. It's just like very, like a long face. he got the dumb it's hair. It's like an ice cream cone. Like, it's very narrow, and then it just really protrudes yeah, out. He's got the big, the big, like, like, yeah. a bowl. It's like, yeah, no, Curtis, no, I understand. But how did you, uh, you know, what, what difference Matt did you make Damon. when you came on? Matt, yeah, he's <laughs> Matt Damon. Yeah. Bowl. Okay, thank you, By Curtis. the way, just, I mean, totally irrelevant to the podcast, but, like, do you know why that all came about in Team America, World Police? Yeah, it, wasn't he supposed to be in it, but then didn't? N- no, so they, the, uh, when they made the doll, yeah. it melted, and so it kind of looked, you know, ah, there you go. not Matt Damon-y, so they, they went with the, <laughs> they, well, that's the easiest way to say that. All right, so we've taken our, our honorable mentions and our call-ins. Let's dive in, Rye. What? Right. Who are you gonna? So how are you gonna do? You're gonna do your your? Do you have one, two? We did a couple. No, I, I I've I've dwelled on this pretty pretty strongly. First, it was Dominic Sobislai, mostly because I just want to hit him with affection because he's just so goddamn handsome. Two would have been Curtis Jones with like a side of like Ben Doak. And that, I mean, it's just, I mean he's, he's just, just he's young. Like, he's young. He has like grown like into a his body. Year old kid, but like yeah. he's got a. He's got a he's got a dopey mug. Just like dude, you and he's just got like a like the Lloyd Christmas kind of bowl cut oh going God, on, which is so bad. I mean, a lot. I think a lot of these could be fixed with just like a proper haircut. Yeah, we will. Up, we definitely will. Yeah. We're definitely gonna have an episode. Call just up like David worse. Beckham. Call up David Beckham. I mean, well, yeah. Anyway, my pick for the most punchable face on Liverpool Football Club is Alexis McAllister. Wow, he now I. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, he looks like he didn't learn the numbers past the age of five. When he smiles, it's like a simple smile. He's like looking through you. Yeah, like he's, he's got like, super uh, small beady eyes, and he's just like happy to be there. Tremendous player. So glad we got him. But like if you look at a still shot of him, it's like. It's like I think you see stars it, right now. It's like, no, it's like simple Alexis. Like it's. He's got, He's just got that look about him, and it's only in still photos or when he smiles. On the field, it's like, oh, you know, like he's handsome, athletic, still smiles. It's like, hold on a second. Incredible athlete, but looks like the kid who would just be, like, chasing butterflies. Yeah, no, he was Dougie on the end of my, my <laughs> soccer bitch. Like, he's Dougie. He's, yeah, he's Dougie. He's Dougie. He shit himself in the <laughs> wow, I, that's 89th not... minute. And it's not that I necessarily have anger towards him. It's just his face in still shots or when he smiles. It's just... It's just something. So we've got one person who wrote in who wants to punch someone with a baby face. And we've got my oh, co-host who wants, to, <laughs> who wants to punch someone who more or less has a simpleton face. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Not proud of it, but okay. that's my answer. That is Moving your on. answer and you're sticking to it. Uh, uh. All right. So I'll go with my honorable mention first. Okay, honorable mention. And it is going to be Joel Just Matip. Really? Yeah. And so it's not... I get it, but it's, I'm also... It's actually... Is, it, I'm also... I feel triggered by this. So most punchable face, not by any facial features, Okay, but... He and you've seen it in multiple videos. Oh, you might not have, but I've seen it in multiple videos. But like when celebrating or in practices, he is known for hitting people in the back of the head like harder than like. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so, like, I thought he was like the, I thought he was like the trickster on the team. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a trickster thing. But he's yeah. he's a quirky dude to begin with. Yeah. But anyway, there's I think it's it wasn't the final, but there's like a Champions League like qualifier game where like they score and they come over. You know, obviously everybody comes off yeah, the yeah. bench, and he absolutely wallops Henderson in the back of the head. Yeah. To the point like he turns around just being like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's done it like there's a video in training where he's done it to Robertson and like Robertson takes it in, yeah. in stride, but like yeah, to me I'm like if, like if someone like came up and surprised and just like yeah. whacked me in the back yeah. of the head harder than like I would my first reaction would be like I'm gonna fucking hit you yeah so that was he was my honorable mention now and I my actual pick I thought you were gonna also add the fact that like the way he runs it's like a, it's like 
watching a giraffe run. baby deer. He runs like a baby deer. But, but I man. Lo- oh, I love when he takes off. It's like, it gives you me such watch great joy. Him, you watch him running and you're just like, there's no fucking, like, why isn't someone stopping him? But, like, he, like, will make it the length of the pitch. Yeah, it's, like, non-threatening. Yeah. Like, no one's threatened by him. And there he goes. He, he, you should be threatened. So, my pick. Who's your pick? Because I feel like. <laughs> my pick is Andrew Robertson. And I, you know, we'll talk about kicking a guy when he's down. He's, he's sidelined for like 12 weeks with a dislocated shoulder. But I do not. Rob- I do not. I'm, I am. Andrew I'm, Robertson I'm shook is by this. through and through a hard-nosed Scotsman. Okay? And the reason I picked him, because again, I'm trying to take the fan out of it and think arbitrarily. Okay. He's an asshole. He doesn't stop j- like jibber-jabbing. Oh, I love it. I, not your pick. But you love him as a fan. If he was so like case in point, there was this. Yeah, he's like Brad. He's like Brad Marchand. Right, exactly. He's. I mean, we've we've had plenty on our team that like Luis Suarez. Like he could bite whoever the fuck he wants. He yeah, keeps scoring like face. forty goals a season. I don't care. That's definitely a punch. So it. Oh yeah, horse teeth. Yeah, there's another one there out there. But so Andrew Robertson, because I just think like he just doesn't stop. Like there's it was a it was a, a derby game. Yeah. And like Pickford came out, like the ball came, and like they. They kind of like, not like, it wasn't like a fight, but they, they came together. I remember, and yeah. And Robertson just started laughing in his face and like sent him, you know, like yeah, basically just like, and he just kept laughing at him. And I was like, as a Liverpool fan, like, that's awesome. But if yeah. I was like the opposing fan, like, I'd want to punch him he's in the face. Pr- yeah, he's probably so I think, like, disdained you know, by a lot of Yeah, he just like, he'll go, fans. I mean, he's just like, he's not afraid of anybody. He'll go at everybody and he just doesn't stop talking. And so for Fascinating. that, now here's the thing to circle back to what we talked about last week, his size doesn't factor into the punchable face thing. Jack Grealish, not large. Phil Foden, not large, not afraid of their size. I mean, but Andy Robertson, I feel like has the crazy in him. Buddy, I love you. Any person we pick. Yeah. I don't care how old they are. I don't care what size they are. Okay. They're either going to run circles around us until we tire from swinging and then yeah. beat the shit out of us. Or just naturally strong enough that, or well, if it was Alexis McAllister, I'd just do like a uh, a serpentine, like a crocodile. I don't think you could. Or catch just up with like, me. just like, <laughs> what about like one of those like sparklers in your right hand? Uh, and just slap uh, them. Uh, cat toy. <laughs> Poor Alexis McAllister. But like, we're not winning any of these fights, buddy. You went to your physical. You're almost forty. Yeah. Remember how many hobbies do you have? A lot. Things you got to think about. Yeah. You know, you know, it's sad a little bit, but. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I, don't I know. can't believe that's your pick. Who do you think was going to be my pick? I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't foresee that. I'm trying to not. I am. I'm, I'm not going after the low hanging fruit. Oh, because one we discussed uh, numerous man. times is Luis Diaz. Mm, Lucho. For pure. He's just ugly. I'm for sorry. pure, but he's not an attractive. But like, man. I, you know what? He keeps scoring goals. I'll open mouth kiss him. I don't care. Oh, I was going to say. Are you going to go further? No, I was going to oh. say Dominic Silvasly, I'd probably, I'd probably kiss and lift. Yeah. Although. I've actually weirdly talked a lot between David Beckham and Dominic Silvasly. I'm a yeah. I don't know. We can probably talk to Sabrina when we leave here. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but I think and out of any, like obviously Silvasly, yeah. But I say there's like I'm getting real British here. But there's like two things that I think I want more than anything. And one is it just a real strong embrace from Jurgen Klopp. You personally. Me personally, oh, I just okay. want like a club. Like I want him to like hug me like he hugs. It's just like like when they show up, like the like the overhand, overhand, clap, just like get bring in, it in, like, bring in. Yep. I just think like and as you a Liverpool, and you want to punch Andy Robertson in the face. No, the other one in, out of the um, still in still in England, but out of soccer realm, uh, and for our my uh, fans of British Bake Off, is I want to shake, I want a handshake from Paul Hollywood. I don't know if that rings any bells with you. No, I got you. Yeah, no, it's just so I don't know. I don't bake, but like. I just want the handshake. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. It's just you one know? of those things. I just want that. that. I, I have a very strong father figure, my father, but like. Great I guy. Just, I still yeah. I don't know, want to hug and handshake. Yeah, he's the uh, English guy Fieri. Who? Paul Hollywood. No. Dude, you haven't seen that? I the mean, whole, like looks wise? Yeah, the whole thing, like the comparison Guy Fieri like, is a bit of a doofus. Paul Hollywood is a, he's a fucking legend. Yeah, he's a good guy. If you're just talking about like silvery spiked hair and a little on the husky side, yeah. fine. Okay. That's where it. That's where it. Well, we punch you in the face. Never <laughs> compare Paul Hollywood to Guy Fieri again. Uh, can I also tell you, speaking of British people, and not to trash on like an entire area of the world, 
I audibly chuckled to myself watching the David Beckham documentary when I saw them holding hands walking out of a car. And I, I'm they, sitting alone in my living room and I go, oh, they do hold hands. Not them. British people. Like, they show yeah, affection no. towards their spouse. But then again, like, they're two beautiful people. It's not just like... It almost... And we, we it, called it, but like... It's not it just Jura- like... The Jurassic Park. They do run in pairs. They, they do. They do hold hands. Yeah, it's not just like some, you know... Yeah. Some guy coming home to his like. Have you gotten to the episode? Oh, I, have you gotten I to the see. part where she talks about like my buddy sent me a clip of like she talks about like coming from humble beginnings. Yeah, her dad was freaking. Well, driving like a so Rolls back and like just like won't let it go. He's like, "What did your dad drive you to school in?" And she like, and he's like, "Say it." Yeah. And she's like Rolls Royce. He's like, "Thank you." Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um. It's a good watch, honestly. It's highly recommended. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, what's his face? Who's the? Uh, we just gonna go through the whole roster now? No, the guy who played with him in uh, was it Gary Neville? Yes. Okay. Not um, not the singer who's like. <laughs> That's um the other Neville. What the hell is his name? God damn it! Oh, um, you and I are not. No, no you don't. No, we have the internet. We're gonna we're gonna wait for this. Oh, it's gonna be worth it. Probably the name isn't even Neville. It is. Is it? Yeah, he had something going on with his face and his voice. It was. God damn it. Oh, Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville. He could sing like that. Kid you not. Someone, about, someone who's... Michael McDonald? No, no. Young this is an African-American gentleman. He's like... I tell you... Oh, I think I know... That I th- wait. Uh, someone listening to this is going to be like, holy it, shit, no, that is Aaron... Singing, I think I'm still singing yeah. Michael McDonald. Yeah. I don't know much. No, that is that Michael McDonald. But I know yeah, yeah. I love you. Yeah, Will Will Sasso used to do it on Mad TV. Uh, uh, then I don't, Michael I don't know, McDonald. I don't know who no. this Neville is. Aaron Neville. Yeah, he wants to sing. He did like a Christmas song. It's the fucking worst thing that comes on. I'm telling you, someone listening to this is gonna be like, holy shit! Like, he gets Aaron it. Neville. He gets so, it. So anyway, we're gonna get a lot of hate mail. From Gary him. Neville. Gary Neville, who is interviewed every two seconds in the episode, like was also a stellar soccer player. And, like, obviously the whole documentary is about Beckham, but, like, he's in almost every other freaking scene. He's he's, he's not an attractive man. But then again, you were looking at David Beckham every other scene. So, there you go. Posh Spice, also barefoot the majority of the episode. I dig it. If you're in that sort of thing. So, there you go. Take a quick right-hand turn from assaulting people, and then... This this episode's taking a lot of... You know what? It's taking a lot of dark turns. A lot of dark turns. All right. So now that we've quite viciously gone through our beloved Liverpool. It hurts a little bit. And yeah, but we're, hey, we're past it now. It's it's forgotten, right? Oh, yeah. The question is now, who are we going to be berating? Who are we going to eviscerate based eviscerate. on their physical appearance? Correct. And I think the answer, and this will lead into the topic that we're going to be talking about next episode we're going to go with Tottenham Hotspurs. I fucking hate this team. Yeah. No, there's a lot. So, like, I feel like we've it started as most punchable face, but, like, really as most punchable faces. There's a good, there's going to be a, there's gonna gonna be be a, a lot couple. of anger in next There's going to be some surprise ones, as we, we found this week. Like, we surprise each other. We knowing, do. You know what? Knowing each other for this long, but it's we true. surprise each other. So, reach out to us. Again, you, you know our social media outlets, vinovolley85 at gmail.com. Gmail.com. The Instagram. The Instagram is vinovolley85. But for the uh, Gmail account, reach out to us and tell us who you think on Tottenham Hotspur has the most punchable face and why. And we will read them out, read them aloud as we just did for this episode, next episode, along with our picks as well. I can't wait. Mike, let's talk about this wine. I dig it, man. Did you did you say with the? I think I paid like ten ninety nine for this thing. You get a good you get a good deal then because online it says twelve ninety nine. Maybe I paid eleven ninety nine. Anyway, the, the 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 nose on it seems weird. The nose is like at times it's caught me off guard. Yeah, it's not like being like a little bit. It's not like it's it's not. It's a good smelling wine to me, but like it tastes it like tastes really well. Maybe a tad sulfite-y? Yeah, I mean the nose on it isn't great. No, and there's like there's some wines that I'll just like keep just fucking digging my schnoz in. Yeah, and just taking a huge whiff. So the nose isn't isn't great. The legs legs are decent. Yep. Mouthfeel, I think is is good. And again, getting getting a lot of those berry notes and like that's not to be punny, but like that's my jam. Like I like you very, know the wines very, we make for the good. most part is very good. Like just 
berries up front, like chocolate up front, and then like a little bit of a dry finish. So I think like this kind of like fits to a T. I love the color. Like for me, like the the darker the better. The mouthfeel. So also a big oak guy. They're all, they're all in oak. No, no, but I'm just saying. Big Nelson. Well, and I guess they're not big, all in a... First, big Nelson and all guy. Big Second, and all guy. Big oak guy. Yes, and I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure that's where like that sommelier. Like I, I think you know I could tell the difference between American oak and and French oak. Like, but I don't. I don't think. Like I know this Hungarian oak out there. I don't think I've ever had a wine that's been in a Hungarian oak barrel, so I'd like to try that. Yeah. Uh, I definitely got to find – tell you what, if we have a lot of Massachusetts-based listeners, which I hope we do because well, we've sent it out mostly to friends and family and they all they all live in the state, is if you have a good big liquor store with a massive wine selection, like let us know, man, because my local spot isn't great. So I'm tr- – I mean I know you got your Italian guy, but like mm-hmm. it's Italian wine. Like we want – we want we want to try Spanish. We want to try French. We want yeah. to get more Portuguese wine. Like obviously, we can go to some of the Portuguese yeah. markets. But I want to try and find that like go on an adventure, one stop shop. Yeah. To so excellent. Right. So let's all right. So we, we kind of obviously talked about what uh, give give your score. All right, score out of ten, I believe, is what our scoring hierarchy is on. And then That's I'm correct. just gonna cross reference what Wine.com says, even though you know they tend to lie to us on. The last tasting point of the first sentence. So I'm just going to cross-reference what I believe with what they said. Uh, I, I think it gives us probably a solid 7.5, 7.6. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you were leaning towards one more than the other, what would it be? 7.5 or 7.6? I go 7.6. I seven, really six. like this. It's super friendly. I think if you were to bring this bottle of wine like on a flyer to someone's house who like does drink wine, I think they'd enjoy it. Don't be don't be uh, put off by like the twist top. You just get to the goods faster. So yeah, I'm going like a strong seven six. Seven six. I would definitely buy this again, drink this again. It was good from the beginning all the way through. And uh, I don't think it's changed much. Which no, is, I I, is it's been thing. super like, we, super consistent. Last episode, I mean that that wine took dramatic changes it haunts me that yeah. first sip is is it was was that bad for you yeah I, well i guess it was on like cherry yeah i'm out on yeah. i'm out on cherry well i mean we'll, we'll definitely dip back into the portuguese blends because there's others out there that i think are like really good yeah but i i agree i think it's i don't think it i don't think it hits the eight mark i don't, I don't think we've had one that's hit the eight mark i'm gonna give this a seven seven i think like i said the flavor it definitely it's as I I'm trying to remember now, if I took my Pepsi, I'm, I'm feeling a little agita, but that could also have been the copious amounts of lemon pasta. Yeah, combination yeah. of a few acidic things. So yeah. it's it's I mean it I mean it, that's the flavor profile it reads on the acidic side. So that would be my my one deterrent. But I think the notes are great, the the mouthfeel is great, and I mean I don't you can't beat the price. No, you so can't. So I think a solid seven seven. So kudos to. Maggio. Yeah, Maggio, the uh, family uh, vineyard. Excellent. 2017 so, Petit Syrah. All right. So that kind of brings us, rounds out the wine we had for this episode. So again, be on the lookout on our social media page for a picture of it. As uh, Luckily, this one's in English, so it might not be as hard as we know that some of our listeners might have had some difficulty with Ryan's pronunciation of the Portuguese wine. Oh, Bonfim? Bonfim. Yeah, oh, no, I offended some people. Yeah, so while we kind of drink the, the last of this, Rye, why don't you tell us what we're going to be drinking next episode? Next episode, I have it in my hand, is a Beaujolais, uh, so it's a French wine. It is. It is. And I can tell you, I'm looking forward to this, the bottle speaks to me, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. I also don't drink a lot of French wine. So the reason that I chose a Beaujolais. Beaujolais, Beaujolais. Um, is because it is, so what I look for, and it kind of, as everything, the wine, as much as possible, we try and tie it into next episode. Mm-hmm. So as next episode, we will be, as we, we, we hit the, the dark arts, we're going to go to the, the much lighter side of soccer. And what we're going to do is we're going to try and scour the internet okay. for some of the most ridiculous or funny records that currently exist in professional soccer. Awesome. And bring them to the table next episode to read out and, and kind of discuss. So with that... So we got to do research. Yes. I have to do the reading, so to say. You have to... My, my thinking was, because I try... So I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little bit of help, is if you just type in like 20 most like funniest records, you're not going to find anything. Right. What you have to think about, you have to 
use that that noodle yeah, and yeah. be like, what do I think is hilarious that could have occurred in a soccer game and who holds the record for it? Okay. So I'm I'll give board. you like, who's taken more nut shots? <laughs> okay. Okay. Set, you yeah. know, like something like that. Like, let's okay. see. Let's like really like, you know. Let's see what the internet can it do is the light. It is the lighter side. We can use so, the internet for good. So with that, the yeah. Beaujolais. Beaujolais is, 2020. Uh, it is from Louis Jadot. And the grape is 100% Gamay. Gamay, which we talked, the Petit Syrahs is almost at the very bottom of the dark, where the Gamay is at the very top as the lightest grape. So as we're talking about the lighter side, yeah. we're going to have a lighter grape. There you go. All right. Super excited. So get yourself, cover. get yourself a Beaujolais and uh, be ready for the lighter side. Yeah, join the Fiesta next time. As always, we would love, absolutely love to keep going, but... Just like last time, after VAR review, we're officially out of line, my friend. And thus, do not blow that goddamn whistle. I still might practice you're gonna, in my like, pocket. You're going to blow out our fan yeah, bases. I don't want to do that. Anyway, so as is the way we end this, we're going to put the final cork in this episode and say we hope that you listen to us next time for another exciting episode of Vino Volley. So, Rye Guy, take us out, my friend. All right. Hey, remember, as always... Join us in the next episode. Grab yourself a bottle of wine, nice boozily. Learn some stuff. Laugh with us. Join us on this adventure. Remember to sip and shoot responsibly. That is not the line. What? It's sip and soccer responsibly. Oh. Try that again. And remember, of course, to sip and soccer responsibly. We bid you a Freddy adieu.